0: Welcome to the Dr. Mudgill Podcast. This is episode 61. We are in the third week of January 2023. I hope everyone's year has been as good as ours has been on this end. And uh, this week, it was like the universe was talking to me. Um, You know, I had a bunch of folks in my life just ask me about fitness and nutrition. And I think, uh, you know, probably because it's the new year, a lot of folks have New Year's resolutions and want to kind of get... uh, get their bodies in shape, lose some of the flab, et cetera. And, uh, you know, on Monday, one of my patients, in my New York City office, who I hadn't seen, I think probably since like before the pandemic, said, uh, you know, towards the end of our visit, he's like, hey, doc, you know, I watched your YouTube video about setting up your macronutrients. This is a video I probably posted like two or three years ago. And he said, you know, I was using it. My wife and I were using it. And we were really seeing some progress, but then we kind of fell off the rails during uh, the pandemic or during vacation. I can't remember exactly what he said, but... Um, he asked me if I would post something, you know, sort of an updated version of this. And then on Tuesday, one of my best friends from college reached out to me and said, hey, man, you know, I really want to get into shape. And, you know, I was hoping you could help me out. So we did a FaceTime. and We're trying to, you know, sort of design what his, you know, nutrition and fitness regimen would look like. And then on Wednesday, which was yesterday, um, one of my former employees, you know, we, he just came to visit me. We, you know, we kind of hadn't seen each other in a while just to catch up a bit. And then right about what he's leaving he uh, said hey doc you know I want to get into shape this year and you know I was hoping you'd be able to help me out of course I'll help you in any way I can so I thought I would use this podcast just to talk about my personal fitness journey I just want to preface all of this by saying I am not a fitness professional I'm not a nutrition professional there are folks who know a ton more about this stuff than I do but this is what you know I have read quite a bit about both and this is what's worked for me and this is what I've done and uh, you know, I'm sure if you if you're pretty regimented about it like I am, I'm sure you could have uh, you know massive change uh, in, in your in your fitness level, your physique, or you know whatever your goals may be when it comes to fitness. So taking you back back in the day, you know when the doc was just a young buck. Um, you know, my whole life, I grew up. My family was very strict vegetarian. we were, came, I came from like a very religious Hindu family, and you know we were we grew up vegetarian. So my diet predominantly was carbs. Uh, You know, a vegetarian Indian diet is very, very heavy in carbs. And, you know, I would dabble with meat when I was outside of the house a little bit, but predominantly, you know, for a pretty long stretch until I was in my mid twenties, I was, I was a pretty strict vegetarian. Um, And because of that, I think now looking back, I always had a skinny fat physique. I was always like, looked kind of trim. But, you know, I was a mess with my shirt off. You know, gut, man, boobs, flabby. You know, I remember just being when I was in high school. I used to like, you know, we used to change in the locker room, and I was used to be embarrassed of my physique because I'd see all these guys with like these muscular physiques and like six packs, and it always mesmerized me. I was like, "How, like, God, why don't I look like that? Why doesn't my body look like that? Like, you know, these guys are just looking jacked and ripped like guys you see on TV, and you know, I just look like a mess." And you know, over the course, you know, when I got to college, I actually ended up like dropping a lot of weight. I, I, didn't gain the freshman 15, I lost the freshman 15. And just got to like I was basically like a leaner version of my skinny fat self. So I was still a mess with my shirt off, but I just was leaner. And that's kind of like the physique I had basically, you know, throughout my early adult life, like throughout my 20s, etc. And um, you know, it wasn't really and I was always kind of working out. So You know, in college, I didn't really work out that much. But in med school, I started, like, running a bunch. I thought maybe that's the way I could get into great shape, like doing push-ups and pull-ups and that sort of thing. And, you know, once I graduated medical school and I was an intern, I used to go to the gym a few times a week. And, you know, I did that throughout residency. And, you know, I would have a trainer off and on here or there. But I was pretty loose. You know, like I would work out, you know, I'd say I'd work out like three times a week. But I wasn't seeing any change. In fact, like once we started having kids, once I got married and we started having kids... Uh, I was getting, you know, I was still working out, but I was getting in worse and worse shape, like, with each child. I have three kids. And my wife would just, like, bounce right back and look amazing, you know, like, uh, after each kid. And it was literally 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, um, on Thanksgiving Day, uh, I was, like, my brother-in-law and I, my brother-in-law was, like, very jacked in his 20s. And, you know, he kind of, you know, lost his way a little bit when it came to fitness And, uh, you know, he has kids too. So, you know, we sort of fell into the same trap. I remember, you know, we were sitting on the couch, he had like a beer on his gut and I had a glass of scotch on my gut and he looked over to me and he said, dude, we're a mess, you know, and he's, and, uh, he actually said what happened to us. And, you know, really, you know, he was, he was once in peak physical condition. I never ever experienced that in my life, but he said, um, You know, let's have a bet. Let's see who's going to get in the best shape by Memorial Day. I think the goal, the bet was really who's going to have a six pack by Memorial Day. I'd never had a six pack in my life, Um, but I was like, let's do it. So this was November of 2012. Thanksgiving of 2012, and you know, I took it at that time in my life. You know, my I I I was becoming a lot more focused and, and disciplined when it came to achieving goals. So I um. I took it real seriously. So I hired a personal trainer and we'd work out like literally like five times a week. I um, started really reading about fitness and nutrition and I am want to talk about like the details of this in a minute, but between November of 2012 and Memorial Day of 2013, I literally lost like 50 pounds, uh, 50 pounds, uh, like 40 something pounds. And went from like 20% body fat to like 8% body fat. And um, I learned so much during that journey, like that, those, like whatever those were, like six, seven month period. Um, And a lot of what I did was actually quite wrong in that time. But having gone through this, I've been been at this for like 10 years. You know, every year since then, I've been trying to like put on more muscle, achieve a greater level of leanness. And, um, you know, I learned a lot in this process. So again, I'm not a fitness professional. I'm not a nutrition professional. And, you know, if you have any underlying, metabol- any underlying um, physical ailments or medical problems or, um, uh, you know, just nutritional issues, you should definitely consult with a professional before you take any advice that I have. But this is what worked for me. So, you know, I remember my trainer, and this is something that, you know, trainers and fitness prof- professionals will always say. They'll always say abs aren't made in the gym. They're made in the kitchen. Um, and you know, that really is true. So it wasn't until I really aligned my nutrition that I was able to see any changes in the gym. You know, trainers will also say, you know, you're only with me like three, maybe four hours a week, maybe five hours. If you train a whole bunch, you know, with the trainer, um, and there are 168 hours in a week. So 163 of the hours you're on your own. So it's, it's what you do outside of the gym. That makes the biggest difference, you know, relative to what you're doing inside the gym, because you know, just proportionally, you're not in the gym most of the time. So around that time, I started dabbling with, uh, you know, I was reading different strategies to, you know, align my nutrition goals and and you know make them in alignment with what my fitness goals were. Um, and I started reading about like, intermittent fasting. So I've been in- intermittent fasting. For over 10 years. And I'm not saying it's for everybody, but for me, like with my, the way my body works, I'm never super hungry in the morning. Um, I like to drink coffee and it just worked out well with my, my, my life at that time. And it's continued to work well. It just, it's just a, a model that works well for me. So basically most days I'll eat between 12 and eight and I'll fast between eight at night until noon the next day. I generally work out when I'm fasted. I like to do that. I just feel like I'm more focused. Um, and then I break my fast as soon as I'm done working out. So that's something I've been doing for essentially a decade. Now, again, it might not work for you, but for me, it works well. Uh, But the most important part of this was actually dialing in my macronutrients. So, hey, A, how many calories I need to eat, then how much protein, how much carbs, how much fat. And I'm going to go over with you like a very simple way to do this. Um, So around that time, taking it back to 10 years ago, there were really only like when I would Google intermittent fasting and, you know, just going be transforming oneself from being a skinny fat to just like uh, having a good physique. There were basically three guys on the Internet at that time that were talking about this, talking about intermittent fasting, talking about how to design your diet and talking about a fitness regimen. There's a guy named uh, Anthony McCall, I think it was M-Y-C-H-A-L. Um, there was a guy named Nate Mayaki. and there was a guy named Greg O'Gallagher who who's his program he had the most developed platform at the time and he's also like this incredibly jacked guy and so he was intermittent fasting he had great workout routines and with different goals like one was to like shred fat one was to you know gain muscle while staying lean one was to get bigger and he, he's had he's had more and more of these um uh, Guides that he's put out online—they're like ebooks essentially—and they basically like walk you through what your workouts are, what your nutrition is, etc. So he's amazing. He's someone whose programs I've been following literally for the last decade. Uh, he was on my podcast, like I mentioned a few podcasts ago. Um, he's a wealth of information, and um, you know, if you're looking for someone just to kind of help you get started, or someone to follow, and you're kind of lost a little bit, I think he's a great person to follow. You can find him on Instagram at Grego Gallery. He has like a g- gajillion YouTube videos, just tons of. Tons of great information. And then he also has a uh a website called Kino Body where you can sign up and download some of his programs. And there's a whole bunch of information on there as well. So he's who I kind of model my nutrition and fitness regimen after. Um so when I when I was dropping weight initially, when I was dropping that the first cut that I did, which was I went from 196 pounds to 154 pounds. I was basically I was tracking my macros. So I was uh, at that time I was eating like whatever 180 grams of protein. Um, I forget how many carbs and fat I was eating, but I was I was probably eating around eight or nine calories per pound. and I cut a lot of weight, but I'm also nearly six two and a 6 two guy who's like 154 pounds looks like he's on death's door. Um, so I, I was like incredibly skinny and really just looked frail. I felt fine but I look pretty terrible. And I realized my cut was way too aggressive. You know, I cut way too many calories. My body was not able to support muscle. Um, And I ended up losing a lot of fat, but I also ended up losing a lot of muscle. And then I had to build that back. And it's, you know, it takes many years to put on muscle, which is what I've learned. So when there's basically three goals, when you're trying to get fit, you either want to maintain your body and just like, you know, do what's called body recompositioning where you're actually losing fat and gaining more muscle and typically the way folks do that, and this is a very simple calculation, it may not work for everybody, but 15 calories per pound essentially is what most folks' maintenance weight is. And a lot of this, I'm stealing all of this stuff from what I learned from Greg O'Gallagher. So all the credit goes to him. If you want to learn more about that, you should go read his books and you know uh, consume his content. So, um, But this is essentially like a watered-down version, and an easy way to digest all the information he has. So maintenance body weight is 15 Uh, calories per pound. So say you're 200 pounds, 200 times 15, 3000 calories. That's your maintenance body weight. Now, the goal should be to have one gram of protein per pound of body weight. So 200 grams of protein is like your target protein intake for the day, which is a lot. It's really, really hard to consume that much protein. So you sometimes need to incorporate I mean, frequently some protein shakes, and then you're eating a lot of chicken, a lot of meat, um, a lot of fish. um, And These things all should be tracked. And then in terms of carbs and fat, I'll get to that stuff in a minute. Now, if you're trying to bulk, if you're trying to put on mass, you have to eat above your maintenance calories. So generally, 18 calories per pound is is a good target for that. So say someone's 200 pounds, and this is what I was doing a few months ago. I was hovering around 200. I wanted to get bigger. So I was eating 18 times 200, which is... 3,600 calories. And I did that for several months, and I probably put on like 15 pounds or so. Um, Then if you're trying to drop weight, um, you're trying to get leaner, ideally you want to eat around 12 calories per pound. So say something's 200 pounds, 200 times 12 is 2,400 calories, and that is a a sufficient caloric intake to support muscle um, while you're also cutting fat. And that's what I'm actually doing like right now. I'm consuming about 2,400 calories. And the way my macronutrient breakdown is, it's about 200 grams of protein, uh, about 250 grams of carbs, and like 65, 66 grams of healthy fat. That comes out to about 2,400 calories. And the way I made that calculation was, you know, one gram per pound of body weight. So that's 200 grams of protein. And um, the rest of the calories remain. There were about 1,600 calories. So like there are four calories per gram, per gram of protein. So that's 800 total calories of protein I'm consuming. 2,400 minus 800 leaves me 1,600 calories to play with. Of those 1,600 calories, about 1,000 of them, I deploy to carbs. So that's 250 grams of carbs. And of those 600 remaining calories, those go to healthy fat. So that comes out to about like 66 or 67 grams of fat, like things like avocado, peanut butter, olive oil, that sort of thing. Um, and that's my that's my target macro nutrient profile when I'm trying to cut at this body weight. If I was 180 pounds, obviously it'd be 180 times 12 and then et cetera, et cetera, in terms of the calculations. We'll put a little, uh, little framework up for you so you can figure out what your macronutrients are. Now, the hard part with this is, and this is something I realized like 10 years ago, is you have to be obsessive at least for a short period, a couple of months of tracking your macronutrients. So I got a food scale from Amazon, which was like, I don't know, it was like 20 bucks or something like that. And I would literally weigh my food. So initially, like my wife thought I was nuts, like this is crazy, like you're weighing your food. But after a couple of weeks of doing it, like when I'd come home from work, there'd literally be a a Tupperware of rice, a Tupperware of whatever the protein was for the day, A measuring cup and the food scale you know so folks who are have your best interests aligned um, will always kind of jump on board and be supportive whatever your goal is and if someone is not supportive then they're probably someone that you really don't want hanging around in your ear all the time and that that kind of falls into what i always talk about with auditing your circle etc auditing the voices auditing the voices that are in your ear etc um so weighing your food and then tracking it. So I personally use my... There's a million apps that do this, but I use my Fitness Pal. In fact, I still use it right now. So right now I'm trying to cut a little bit so I'm maniacally uh, tracking my calories and everything that I eat I put into my Fitness Pal so that I can hit my caloric goals for the day and I can hit my macronutrient goals for the day. So I can hit my protein intake requirement, my carb intake requirement, and my fat intake requirement. And actually what I'm finding is, and this seems like odd, but... Getting to my carb goal for the day is actually the hardest thing. Like, you know, now I've kind of dialed it in. Getting my protein intake is pretty easy. Um, but getting those carbs is actually been a bit of a, of a challenge. But, you know, again, I wouldn't know that if I weren't tracking my calories. So the key is you need the data so you can make adjustments to whatever your needs may be, whether it's your protein intake, your fat intake, your carb intake. Um once you do this for a while, it actually becomes completely second nature. Um, in fact, there's like periods, like long periods, where I don't track my calories because I basically know what I'm consuming. You get pretty good at eyeballing food, even if you're eating out. Eyeballing, okay, that's like a eight ounce steak, and you know you can kind of eyeball how much protein you're consuming. So, you know, it just depends how maniacal you want to be about what your specific goal is. Definitely, I recommend initially when you're trying to do this, you have to be very, very diligent about tracking your calories, weighing your food. That's the only way you're going to learn to, you know, you're going to learn exactly what you're eating, like how many calories you're consuming. So like, you know, in the beginning, and listen, I even, I'm doing this right now. Everything I, everything that touches my lips goes into my fitness pal. If I have five grapes, I put five grapes in there. If I have a sip of wine, I put that in there. If I have a bite of chocolate, I put that in there. Because I want to know exactly what I'm consuming because I'm really being very, I'm, my goals are very specific and I want to do everything that's in my power to achieve that goal. Namely, knowing, keeping track of all the data because I can manipulate that very easily. Now It sounds nuts to do this. But believe me, it's very, very doable. If I can do this, if I can transform my body, anybody can do it. That's just a simple fact. I literally, I wish I had a picture of what I looked like before I started this journey, but I was too embarrassed to ever take a picture with my shirt off. Um, so, just to wrap all of this up um, so, again, you know, we'll have like you know, the bullet points of, of how you can track your macronutrients and how you can design your diet. But the key with any goal is to have smart goals. Like, smart is an acronym. So the goal has to be very specific. So, you know, for me, my initial goal was I want to, you know, get jacked. <laughs> Initially, that was my goal. Um, these My goals were 100% pure vanity when I, when I started this process. Um, so the goal has to be specific. Divide whatever Define whatever your specific goal is. Your goal has to be measurable. To this day, and I've been doing this for years, while I'm brushing my teeth in the morning, I weigh myself. I want to know exactly where I check in in the morning. Um, and know if I'm, the scale's moving in the right direction or the, or the wrong direction. Um, so you have to measure your goals. Your goals have to be attainable. Like, you know, there's I know I'm not going to look like The Rock in six months, um, but, you know, I just want to, you know, my attainable goal is I want to be leaner and more muscular. Okay, so that's definitely doable. It's a very attainable goal. Uh, it's a very realistic goal. Um, your goal has to be relatable. So why are you doing this? Are you doing this because you want to lose, you know, you want to feel better? Are you doing this because you want to look better? Whatever the goal is, like, you know, for me, my goal was I want to look good with my shirt off at the beach. Um, again, a very vain goal, but, you know, everyone is, everyone's a child to have a little bit of vanity. And the last thing, your goal, you have, your goal has to be timely. So you have to set a time frame on this. I want to lose 10 pounds in a year. I want to put on muscle this next year. I want to get leaner in the next six months. Whatever it is, all your goals should be smart. That's the way you can crush your goals. And then the last thing is once you hit your goal, you have to set a bigger and better goal for yourself. That's how we grow as humans. That's how our physiques improve. That's how we get better at whatever it is that we're doing. So those are my very long thoughts of the week. Um, but like I said, if I could get fit, if I could transform my body, anybody can do it as long as you are willing to put that work in. If you are as long as you are willing to, you know, track your macros, you got to be a little bit nuts to do this uh, and to really, you know, make great progress in in fitness, nutrition, and uh, you know, re- in, in improving your body composition. But like I said, if I could do it anybody can do it. Let's get it. Wait a minute. Hey guys, it's the doc. I'm back. I realized I recorded that whole podcast and I got so carried away with nutrition that I forgot to talk about the fitness aspect of getting in shape. So you've probably heard this before. Uh, You know, getting in shape, getting a good physique, it's 80% nutrition, 15% exercise, and 5% genetics. So the reason why I got so carried away with nutrition is because it's 80% of the work is what, is what you're putting in your body, keeping track of it, dialing in those macros, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the fitness part is important as well. And again, I'm not a fitness professional. I'm not a nutrition professional. And you know, if you have any physical limitations, it's very important that you consult with your doctor, with a fitness professional so that you can curate your workouts in uh, the best way possible for you to prevent injury. But again, this is what's worked for me. Um, so, resistance training is by far the most important type of exercise, especially when you're dialing in the macros the way I described in the first part of this video. So, resistance training is like weightlifting. You can do bodyweight stuff like push ups, pull ups, bodyweight squats. It really depends what your goals are and what you have access to. I have been an avid weightlifter for the last decade or so, and I find that's the best form of exercise for me. Um, for cardio, literally walking, getting ten thousand steps in a day is the best cardio you could do. Um, it's enjoyable. It's a functional form of exercise. Um, so, I, as a for instance, you know, I you really only need to lift three times a week, um, or you know, do some do resistance training three times a week, which is ideal. I personally um, do three heavy lifting days, one sort of light lifting day, and I walk. Every day, but six days a week, I do more, you know, like I walk on a treadmill on an incline and that that sort of thing just to make sure I'm dialing in my um, my cardio for or the cardio aspect of my fitness regimen. So really, you know, that's the key. Dialing in nutrition is 80 percent of the battle. Fifteen percent is some form of resistance training. Obviously, the more uh, intense your goals are, the more extreme they are. Uh, the more intense your workouts will need to be in terms of weightlifting. Um, and you know if you can, if you have the resources to using a personal trainer, I used a personal trainer for many years, um, which was very, very helpful. I learned a ton from the fitness professionals I worked with. Um, they really helped me you know, get closer to my goals faster. Um, just remember always success leaves clues. If you can elicit the help of someone who's been there, and done that, then by, you know, by all means, try to do so. If you have a friend that's fit, if you have a friend that uh, can help guide you, certainly engage them. uh, Because if someone's done it before, they can certainly help you get there. So... That's it. I'm sorry I forgot to talk about this in the first part of the podcast. But as I mentioned, there's nothing more important than dialing in your fitness. Again, I'm dialing in your nutrition. Fitness is a smaller aspect of this. Yes, it is important, but the nutrition part of this is 80% of the battle. So with that, just want to say one more time, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Let's get out there. Let's do it. Let's get it. Thank you for listening to the Dr. Mudgill podcast. The corresponding video can be found on YouTube, IGTV, and Facebook. Let's get it.